There's so many things, there's so many paths things can take when they start. And I thought a lot about that when I wanted to start all of this. Ideas of, you know, I'll have... Every episode is going to be about something very specific that I think is important to really understand life. And I thought about it, and I, I, I think I plan on doing this at some point, create this visual representation of how this journey can be listened to because one of the problems i see in most podcasts is you open up a podcast and you see a list of 60 episodes or 400 episodes or so many episodes just in this block type setting that you scroll down to see like episode by episode and I personally think that's overwhelming, unappealing, and just lazy. And I always said I hate the word podcast, and I didn't want my podcast to be anything like a podcast. I honestly have no idea how the word podcast came into being. Uh, I'm googling that right now. It automatically went to my iTunes page for Midnight Wisdom. <laughs> Wait a second. So I apparently have 46 episodes so far. Oh, so it's a mix between iPod and broadcast so podcast okay interesting <laughs> interesting uh, okay because I, I don't know I wanted to create a new word I wanted to make an episode where I, I make a new word for podcast uh, like because this is somewhat of a journey slash memoir slash conversations with cool people slash my thoughts slash all of that but I, I'll get to that maybe later or not at all there's there's a few things that I'm, I'm bothered about myself is because I, I made a, a few promises at the beginning of this podcast <laughs> at the beginning of Midnight Wisdom that in one episode I mentioned something like yeah I'm gonna make it my mission to make sure each and every one of you showers with cold water at some point and then I never brought that up again and, and like it was a recurring thought in, in my head like why am I not mentioning this <laughs> even though I said I would I, I mentioned that I would record podcasts with certain people that I didn't get to doing that with like Jan and like with my interviews in general right now I realize that I'm being too too stupid about that because I'm, if I want this journey to really be memorable then I have to record with the people that are memorable to me in certain periods of my life i okay i had a podcast with my professor but there's this other dude mark who was our international coordinator and the guy is a crossfit instructor and he was working at the university at the same time and like i used to go to his office like once per week and just talk for an hour with him and he's the most interesting guy went to Japan, learned Japanese, and he's so integrated into Chinese culture, and he's so zen, and he's so cool, and, like, I used to tell him about the podcast and everything, and I never, I should have invited him, and I'm going to invite him, I had a CrossFit session with him yesterday, and he fucking destroyed me, 
I I thought I was fit until I went there and I was just like after half an hour I was just like done and it's something I think I want to continue doing just having classes you generally continually go to is, is really so good for you you know you meet people that are actually passionate about something and and it's funny how a part of me some it's easy for any of us to forget what it's like to connect with different people and connection is something that's so important to us and seeing as as right now i feel like i have this disconnected aspect to my life with where i am and a part of me is bothered of myself and i see this as a recurring theme of being pissed at myself that i'm focusing so much on the problems like the fact that I have a thesis to write, the fact that I'm moving out, the fact that I need to find a job, and uh, the fact that I continuously talk about it on the podcast. You know, the past at least seven episodes have been mainly themed around these things, and I keep complaining. We're not, not really complaining, but telling you guys about them. And sure, it's something on my mind, but it's not something that's... Um, I, I don't know. I'm focusing, I feel like a part of me is so focused on finding a problem to fix when there's nothing to fix. Like a part of me is so, so into trying to find the process that I need to follow or with the thesis or with the with the books or when should I focus on this or when should I focus on that, that there's thoughts in my head that, that happen and a part of me is resisting them. And it's like a part of me doesn't want to think and a part of me really likes sleep and I really just want to be asleep like all the time because when I'm asleep, I don't have to do anything. Like I can be okay with with doing this without feeling guilty or regretful about it. And I should go through every waking moment feeling like I'm, like I shouldn't be guilty about spending this moment as I am. You know, just like a rabbit doesn't give a shit if it's eating grass or doing anything really or grass is just literally laying there doing nothing we always follow this sense of purpose that we need to need to really really like live by and and find meaning and find meaning and find a reason and when i went to berlin the last week weekend it was very sudden and very like it was cool i liked it it's nice to get out of your bubble and break a pattern then you're so aware of the patterns you follow but <laughs> like I talked about that uh, I think and in, in when I actually came back I, as soon as I came back I sat down and recorded uh, Victor told me something over there and he he said that you know we're always trying to find a reason always trying to find a why but sometimes there is no why there is just what is and his issue was that uh, he he's a very philosophical guy that likes to debate and talk about deep thoughts. That's who he is. And sometimes it's too much for some people. Sometimes it's too much for me. Sometimes I'm like that too, talking too much about things that, that just might not be relevant at the moment. And he was like, here in Berlin, I, just, I don't feel like talking too much. And he's been there for six months. And for six months, he... He's he's been trying to figure this thing out, like why am I not communicating as much as I usually do? Why and why and why? And he realized I don't need to fucking find an answer for this question. The fact is, is that I don't want to talk 
I don't like talking that much around these specific groups of people. I don't want to talk right now. There doesn't have to be a why. It's just something I'm not doing because it's something I don't want to do. The just the the what and how in this case are what's what's important and and I I see that in me too. Like or in most people, just try this thing, trying to find a reason why things are happening the way they're happening why someone didn't text me back or why someone said that or why someone argued this way or what someone might have meant with that and we try to calculate and see where this thing is going and and all of that is noise the only reality is what's actually happening the only reality is that this person didn't answer your text or the reality is that you did talk or you didn't there's only the things that are happening. You can look at the reasons to try to drive a pattern of where this might go and build a proper expectation of how you need to act in the future. I get that. But that pattern that we build in our head almost is almost never legit. It's almost never legitimate and it's, it's almost never right. And most of the time it just limits our ability to act in a way that might open up to something so damn beautiful that we really didn't expect. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like a part of me is always trying to find a problem. There isn't any problem. You know, just <laughs> shut the fuck up, dude, you know. Uh, another part of me, like yesterday when I was going to this CrossFit class, this thought hit me and I was like, I am actually fucking terrified of myself. You know, I, I am genuinely scared of myself. Not in a way where I'm scared of me hurting someone or doing something evil you know a part in my heart I was never able to physically really hurt anyone I always felt really bad to physically hurt anyone although like I had no problem mentally hurting people through words without realizing that I was I was doing it you know I realized I was doing it but I I never you know especially with family my sisters and whatnot I, I was sometimes mean to them and because I was so close to them and I saw how they lived and how they thought and all of that it's so easy to to attack certain points of insecurity that you know they have and I used to do that with with my sisters often with my mom and dad too with myself so I have that part of me that, that that's somewhat scary and, and I feel I'm terrified of myself for the shit that I can give myself if I don't live the life that I expect myself to live A large part of why I'm not afraid of going to talk to a CEO that I want to mentor me or to go talk to the most gorgeous girl over there because who knows, maybe her personality is also nice and we can get along and have a connection or to really go for these things is because it's the rejection from this person isn't going to hurt me as much as the shit I'm going to give myself for not trying to approach this person or to go forward with this opportunity or to do my best or to be successful and i can i can really be harsh with myself i can imagine like one of the reasons that i i'm actually doing everything that i'm doing is because i don't want to wake up when i'm 80 and with a lot of regret because at that point, I am going to rip myself to shreds. I'm going to treat myself like shit. I might not, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I probably won't if I 
reach the level of peace inner peace that I, I plan on reaching but that inner peace I guess for me is linked to the idea of me growing into the type of person who has the things that I want in my head like right now I created the story of myself being broke and not being able to buy shoes and living on a mattress and having most of my furniture from eBay and and like I wouldn't be anything that I am without the support of my my family members and, and the people around me that are helping me out and I see that but but it's funny that I in the past few episodes that I mentioned that more than once like yeah like right now I, I can barely afford shoes and I'm sleeping on a mattress because I want to build the story of myself that's like yeah this is where I am right now and you guys are going to see where I'm going to be in the future. So there's that aspect of proving to myself and everyone that that I'm going to I'm going to get out of this and live the life that I want. And then there's me in my head seeing creating a story where the story might, you know, have this type of transition from bad to very good and then I can be more comfortable about my state. It's just me creating stories. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And my state is my state. And it's more internal than external. But of course, my external state really affects my internal state. Like my room has to be clean and tidy for me to know how to focus. Or And maybe that's another story I tell myself. I, I convince myself that I can't focus. Or I convince myself that I, I can do this or I can do that. And then I can or can't. So, a part of me struggles with with focusing on tasks that take a very long amount of time to do. To sit six hours in a row doing this task. You know, although if it's an interesting game, I can sit six hours (laughs) in a row without drinking water or going to the bathroom or anything. Just playing this game and my head would just be in this game. Even books, too. But if it's work and I see it as work, then then I then I'm really gonna spend an hour and a half or two hours and try to find something else to to get me back into focus or anything like that. I feel like it's there's no linear path for me of focus to follow. There's no linear path of focus for me to follow and like when I'm interacting with people and I'm talking in a social scenario. I can be very aware of of the conversation, where it was, where it's going, where it can go, uh, and different conversations happening between different groups of people, and I can connect that, and I can go. But for me, that's somewhat fun, and it's somewhat motivating and encouraging because a part of me wants to be liked, a part of me enjoys the game, enjoys the wittiness, enjoys the laughs, enjoys seeing myself be charismatic and and good with people. Uh, because it's something I did work on for uh, for a while. I didn't feel like I was liked in school and there was a part of me always trying to see how I can communicate different and better uh, to push those boundaries. And I always did push them and now I can almost talk to anyone without, without it, you know, being a problem. And for me, it's it's like paths that you take that you like with conversations the conversation can go in a million paths but I let the conversation go where it goes and it's just interesting and and it's this like dance that happens but with work it's not like with the thesis specifically it's not 
I want to see progress, first off. And the progress comes from me writing and putting these points from, from this paper into this part of, of my thesis. And, and it's not even that hard, you know. Writing is something I, I do really well. At least I think I do. And I think I, in my own head, I create a certain type of, a lot of limitations that I think that I need to abide by that limit me from, from just going all out. And then again, you can say that there is this part of me that's trying to see that as a problem, which might be good or might be bad. But I certainly do have that aspect to me where like, I, I'm trying to find a problem, I'm trying to find an issue, I'm trying to see how how this is going to work or how, how this is how I think. Sure, there's a big part of me that's always trying to understand how I think, which is nice, understanding intelligence. But uh, a lot of the time it's unnecessary, let's say. Sometimes the most intelligent thing you can do is not think at all and just do and, and just move and be and, and be in your state and f understand the flow, understand yourself. Like I have 19 days to literally write the entire thesis. I, like, I just wrote a thousand words yesterday, but like I'm not sure if I'll even keep them out of 15,000, so that's one fifteenth done in one day, and I have 18 days. If I write 1,000 words a day, I'll be done in time. But I need to write more than 1,000 words a day so that I can be done a bit earlier. And I know I'm going to be done. Like, right, or like three hours ago, four hours ago, I had a conversation with the CEO of the largest uh, educational platform in the Middle East, and a week ago, I had, like last Monday, I had uh, an interview with the co-founder of the second largest educational platform in the Middle East. And I'm I'm going to cite, basically, interviews from two of the most, the biggest online educational platforms in the Middle East in my thesis. So that in itself is going to increase the value of my thesis big time. But... I'm I'm fortunate that I, that they were they accepted talking to me. That's like really nice of them. I I messaged them on LinkedIn. I messaged their colleagues actually on LinkedIn. I tailored messages to them, messages that were genuine, somewhat intelligent, had aspects of you know what I'm writing about. Why is it interesting for them? Why I think the current way educational platforms are viewed is somewhat wrong. And then I asked you know for their time and both both like i messaged two different people and both of them referred me to to these other people uh, which was cool and here i am you know uh, there's something i i really wanted to to admit and to talk about here uh in my in my efforts to become or to be genuine in an artificial world, right? A part of me definitely feels like I'm the most artificial person in the world. Or at least I did feel that uh, in the past. But, you know, there's this thing of constantly trying because we can't help but keep trying. We can't help but keep trying to find problems. And it depends on, you know, our brains are really good at that, finding problems and trying to solve them. And... It depends on what set of problems your brain enjoys solving and when that sort of dictates, you know, your your happiness sometimes. 
And one of the problems I focus on a lot is my ability, my lack of ability to focus. You know, I like even even with when I'm talking, you we can go, I can go from really topic to topic heavily. And it's it's been a long time since I really acknowledged you guys and acknowledged my listeners. I always make fun of not having any listeners, but no, like I uh, I'm always joking. When it comes to that, there's there's actually people I don't know who you guys are, and you're actually like listening almost every episode, which is for me absolutely shocking. <laughs> but I I acknowledge your existence, you know, like I I always know that you're there. I always know that uh, at least someone's going to listen. If not now, later. Um, you know, there's at least, you know, it's been almost seven months now since I started. And uh, no, it's been more than seven months, man. It's August now. It's been like nine months, ten months, ten months since I started. And I can say that I, I definitely have ten listeners at least every episode I can comfortably say that and uh, thank you <laughs> you 10 motherfuckers that's really really great that you guys are here with me uh, it's always nice to to know you know I'm, I'm not alone first off and you guys are not alone and uh, although I don't know who you are I'd love to know who you are but uh, whatever makes you comfortable um so yeah, I haven't acknowledged you in a while, and I I really do appreciate that you're here. But what I did want to really admit, and what I did want to talk about, was yeah, this need of mine to try to fix my attention, right? So what's happened was I I got convinced that I might have ADHD. And I can I can see that and understand it. You know, sometimes like I I go on a like sometimes I can see my brain go function on speeds that I I just can't understand. Like if I'm in a social interaction or I'm in a game or I'm playing a board game or this the state is just right, my brain goes on fire and I'm just so aware and so on it and. And a part of me craves that so often. A part of me wants to always stay in that state. And then there's a lot of the time where I'm just just not fucked, you know, and my brain feels slower or I feel slower or I think or convince myself that I'm slower. So I went ahead and I talked to my aunt's husband, which is, he's a psychiatrist in the UK. And we had like five hours, six hours of conversations on Skype. Uh, to see if he diagnosed me and I did a few tests and all of that and at the end he, he was like yeah sure you have signs of moderate ADHD now the thing about things like this like ADHD is is when you label something like this it's a label that that defines you and you carry with you for a while you know and and you start justifying things by it and you start acting in accordance to that label and you it's just like your name or your nationality or anything like that. You put something in a box and you follow what's in that box. And now, now that he diagnosed me with it, what I did was I went to, I went to a neurologist here in in Germany and I showed him the certificate and papers and I told him like, "Yo, let's solve this. I'm diagnosed." And he's like, "Okay, take this medicine." 
and he gave me something like Retilin to, to try out. And at the time, that was back in April, and I was trying it out. It At the beginning, you know, it, it made me hyper aware of, like, I was so, I was trying to be aware of how this thing is going to make me focus to the point that I was never focused to begin with, even even on it. Uh, it felt odd, it felt weird, I didn't like it made my heart beat too fast, ruined my sleep, uh, ruined my eating habits because it kills your appetite, um, uh, made me nauseous sometimes, my stomach started acting weird. And, you know, sometimes it did help with me sitting down and doing a task for a very long time, but sometimes it made me feel like I need to hunt for dopamine, that I need to really look for dopamine, find dopamine, and somehow do something that's going to give me dopamine like eat or watch a series or or anything really that that might make me feel good instead of actually just doing a task so what what how this medicine really works is is it blocks the reuptake of dopamine in your head so that the dopamine that your system releases stays in your head and what my system wanted was to keep increasing that amount of dopamine and uh I don't know, it, it didn't help me focus, just made me less stable and more uncomfortable and less uh, less in harmony with myself. It was harder to meditate, and when it's harder to meditate for me, that just pisses me off. Uh, so I took it for a little bit, like uh, less than a month just to check it out, and it made me like rethink my entire idea of ADHD and, and myself, you know, and, and I realized that the idea of ADHD is fucked up. I can't imagine in my life that anyone can give this type of medicine to children. I think that idea is absolutely insane that you can give, like this thing really, like it didn't have a good effect on me. And I felt it and I understood it and I knew that it was changing me and I wasn't sure if I wanted to change me in a way that I, I liked or didn't like. I didn't know if I, I didn't know if I wanted that I didn't know how it would change me. That was also what I was afraid of. I didn't want it to do any permanent change to my brain. Uh, so I, when I went into it, I was actually pretty excited because I thought, you know, this this pill might solve a problem that I have, and I might be able to start being productive and do things that I need to do. But uh, re- realistically, no. Um, realistically, it's. Uh, it's like playing with fire, man. I really can't believe I really can't believe they throw that into into children's faces and they say problem solved. The child doesn't know what the fuck they're going through. They don't know how they're they're understanding what they feel. They don't know they don't understand how this is making them feel and how that's different from how they used to feel. They don't know what's right or wrong and, and they, they just wanna fucking play and you give them this crap. So Anyways, the idea, the idea was like, the lesson was quickly learned, and I was very skeptical of of this type of type of thing. I was skeptical. I realized that you know ADHD isn't isn't what we isn't how we understand it at all. It isn't an issue that you know some people can't focus, some people can. It's an issue of this, these people. I have a brain that works different from how other people's brain works. 
obviously I'm me and uh, no one else is me and, and my brain is solves problems the way it solves problems you know put me in a canoe and tell me to to go into rough terrain and manage that and row myself to safety I I do that and I'd learn that and I'd become an expert at that like I I know this now about myself I I am a physical being and my brain likes to calculate myself in physical environments and how I move in them so like I'd love to call up Bear Grylls at some point or someone who is really good into surviving and and is a what's the word nature enthusiast I guess and, and just like live in nature on nothing but our skills for for a while like that's something I'd enjoy anything physical skydiving canoeing um what's it called jet skiing was nice I think I'd like surfing but I haven't ever done it kite surfing all of these things I think I'd, I'd absolutely excel in that's something that my brain can really go around and the path that I take in it is somehow linear you know I can I can continue doing what I'm doing and, and learn different dances and skills you know dancing too I absolutely love fucking dancing <laughs> You know, and I think it's just about that, you know, understanding how your brain functions. And, and the, my brain can really pick up, you know, in dancing classes, I can see like, oh, this is at this moment, uh, the instructor bent his knee and then he, sp- he, spin to the, he spun to the left counterclockwise and then he went deeper down into the floor and then he jumped back up. Okay, so I did, I think, all of that except the bending the knee part at the beginning. I'll try that now. I'll try it, and it might not be good or, or bad, but then I'll, I'll try it again and again. I can, I can have that type of attention on my physical body and other people's bodies, and I can mirror that. You know, even just at the Millionaire Mind workshop, I listened to this, this, this dude, multi-millionaire bald guy who almost died in an explosion and went to the military for three years and has I don't know how many businesses and how many books, I I saw him talk for let's say 15 hours in the span of 2 days and till now I feel like when I talk to people sometimes I talk like him I absorb I I absorb physical things that I see if I want to do something well I like to see someone who does it really well do it a few times and then try myself and try to keep adjusting to how they did it and that's how I I learn fast fastest but that's how I figured that out myself and every one of you listening to this. I'm assuming that you're more than 10 by now, you know, within the next eight years. You you have to figure yourself out and you have to figure your own your own brains out. And that in itself, your understanding of yourself consistently and going through that, that's the key to you realizing your own potential. You know, some brains might not have the solution to a problem for a while and then all of a sudden, bam, they find the solution. Other brains collect different pieces of information together and it doesn't come like suddenly solution into their faces like bam no they piece it together and then the picture becomes clearer and clearer and clearer until they have it or they work diligently on it in front of their eyes has to be on a whiteboard they have to put the ideas together on the whiteboard and all of that for me like if i have if i have the whiteboard if i have documents or excel sheets that have that information i'll quickly forget it or i'll quickly not see deem it as relevant anymore for me what's relevant is what i'm doing right now and what i'm pushing through right now but that's my understanding of myself and just that's that's that that's my my brain i can't diagnose it and say that's a hyper attention hyper this activity disorder 
I can pay attention to lecturers explaining things for an hour and a half without losing focus. I just find it absolutely fucking boring to sit down and do one task for nine hours every day. I just can't. It has to be a, a different task that, that I see progress in as I move or as I transgress, transverse, sorry, the, the environment. But that's my idea of myself. I like writing. I like creating worlds. I, I like painting. Movement for me is so important. I'm a physical being. I can't c keep convincing myself that my my life, di digi the digital realm is, is there and it's coming and we're going to integrate it more and more into our, our capacity to function as a, as a race. But fuck, it's, it's not right to, you know, our brain is adapted to maintain and understand 150 social relationships that are functioning together. So the more relationships you have, you know, from 10 to 20 to 30, the, the more connections you'll have between those relationships in your head of, of your friends and your family, how they relate together, how you relate to all of them, the messages here, the messages there and all of that. And the reason our brains are so big is because our, our, of our capacity to keep, keep in mind or keep in record or to keep keep attention or I don't know what the right word is here to keep up with 150 relationships man and our society right now is is, is fucked in that regard because we're keeping up you know you can have 4,000 uh, friends on Facebook and, and fuck keeping up with all of them <laughs> Like, good luck with that, you know, I want to have a lot of friends in my life and I, I want to have people in my life like that. But every t every time in your life, you have a different group of people surrounding you. And right now I'm, I'm going to transition into a new phase into, of my life where I'm not hanging out around the same people. I, I have to build new circles of friends. Maybe I'm in a new place and a new country and a new everything. And God knows what, what happens, man. And yeah, to continue the the story of, of my confession. Um, uh, I went to the doctor again and I told him like, dude, I really don't like this medicine. It's just, it's not working for me. And he's like, well, sorry, we, we can't, you know, give you another medicine or anything like that. You're going to have to send a message to your insurance and, and figure that out and come back. And I was like, you know, I'll try one more medicine and see like how that affects me. And I read up on it a lot more, and and this this other medicine, which is is called Elvansa, I think uh, I think the American name for it is Valansa, but I'm not sure. In German or Europe, it's Elvansa, and this one has a stimulant in it, so, so there's no there's no Adderall in in Europe because or Germany because it's considered a stimulant very heavy stimulant and they don't accept that and they don't give that to children uh, you know good for them but still the medicine they do give children is fucked so I, I I thought you know stimulant for me would be good because if I if I smoke a cigarette or a joint or if I take certain things that I I won't name on here for future blackmailing purposes I always felt like I can really pay so much attention for very for very long periods of time to certain thoughts or certain ideas or certain everything and and really like I thought you know stimulant because I whenever I took something that has a stimulate some stimulating agent in it the next day I, I was also somewhat still on it 
like still focused and, and whatnot. And so I thought, you know, this would be better. I, I mailed my, I called my insurance and blah, 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 hooked it up, made another appointment and I went there. And the appointment was, I think, like end of June, something like that, where I, or like beginning of, of July, so a month and a half ago where I went. And he gave me this this box. Actually, 19th of July was the appointment. He gave me this this bottle uh, of Alfansa, and it's, it has 30 pills inside of it. And usually it costs 120 euros, but my insurance covered that, and I only paid 10 euros. So that's 30 cents per pill, if you want to be technical about it. And you're supposed to take one pill a day for 30 days, every day. You can take breaks or whatnot, but uh, it's recommended you take it every day. So I took it first day and, and like it was nice, you know, I was I was paying attention and I was linking things together. Actually, the first day I took it, I went to the Millionaire Mind workshop, <laughs> which for me was, was funny. And yeah, so I realized, you know, I, I got a research paper with me to, to the workshop. And when I was reading the, the research paper in one of the breaks, I realized that I'm, I'm connecting the pieces of information I'm reading on this research paper a lot better than I otherwise usually do. You know, I'm connecting this piece of information to, to this other page of that piece of inf piece of information. And like, it just made sense. The picture was a lot clearer. The words made more sense. Everything was, was, was making more sense. And I thought, you know, this is cool. I even read the paper that came with the medicine, you know, that small tiny paper that you open up and it's like a fucking newspaper. Just to see what I was getting into. It wasn't really worth it, but it was interesting that I, I did that. I don't think I would have really done that otherwise if I would, hadn't had taken it. But before I took it, actually, I have to say, like when I actually got the bottle, I was fucking terrified of taking it. You know, the first time I got that medicine, I thought... Yo, this is this can like I was excited to take it. I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be cool, and I was so excited. And I took it instantly, and I started seeing how it's gonna affect me and all of that. But with this, like, I I was I was terrified. I was going I was going with it with so much like so much more skepticism, so much more uh, protecting myself a lot more. Like not 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 just throwing myself at it and and not having those type of types type of expectations about it so i i did that and i then i took it and then i i started seeing how it's affecting me and all of that and you know it, it was nice at the beginning my my appetite w was also changed my stomach still had a few problems and then i realized like every day i'm i'm really not sleeping like i want to sleep and every day i wake up with a very heavy brain fog like I wake up with my with my brain just just foggy, and then I have to take the pill again for that fog to go, and it became this type of thing, and and it just felt so wrong. It just feels so wrong to have to depend on on taking something to be able to just function reliably as a human being, and I I really hated that. You know, every day I would wake up, uh, I would feel groggy. I wouldn't want to wake up. My brain would would still feel like it didn't sleep right. My dreams weren't happening right. Um, everything was just was wasn't wasn't feeling right and but then you take it and then it makes things feel right again but then you're you're not you're you're i'm motivated to clean up behind myself and all of that uh, but i'm I'm still not motivated to to do the work that i need to do i'd still feel like i need to chase dopamine somehow 
again. And I I really didn't like the brain fog thing as soon as I woke up. That's mainly the issue. Meditating was still was was still working, was fine, was a bit different, but it was still uh, okay. Unlike the previous medicine. And I started wearing my Fitbit and it started showing me how many calories I burnt. And I realized that on the days that I do take the pill, I burn 900 more calories than on the days that I don't take the pill. It's because of the increase in average heart rate per per minute that the Fitbit measures. Um, I, I'm my heart, ba- my heart rate increases on the medicine and stays high for the entire day. And that's just not good for me or my brain. <laughs> Definitely. So I stopped taking that too, but I still feel the effects of of the concentration that it gave me. So I kept like, maybe there's 10 or 15 pills in the bottle. And I think like taking one once a week, something like that would be good for for my my brain. But that's something I'll have to see and, and understand for myself. But it's definitely not a solution. It's definitely, it just, it made me understand my brain a lot more. It made me understand the idea of ADHD a lot more. I wouldn't label myself like that ever. I just know that my brain works differently and and I like how my brain works. I like that I see the universe this way. I like that I'm willing to sit down for 41 minutes and then talk about, about this to anyone willing to listen, really. Uh, Thanks for listening, for sure. Uh, I like I like how how I am, but there's still this part of me that just feels like I need to prove to people that I I should be liked, or there's this part of me that don't, doesn't understand why anyone would like me. There's a part of me that's not sure why people should like me for certain reasons. There's a part of me that's like, do you like me for what I do? Do you like me for who I am? Do you like me for how you feel around me? Why should anyone like me at all? Maybe it's a, it's because a part of me doesn't, a part of me loves everything, but a part of me is detached from everything at the same time. A part of me is detached from myself. A part of me knows myself and knows how I think and doesn't feel like, like a part of me doesn't make itself seem like it's worth as much as other people. And that just doesn't make sense to me. I should, for me, be worth the most to myself. Somehow, you know, there's there's assholes that walk the streets that, that aren't worth shit, but somehow they treat everyone like shit. And for some fucking reason, everyone loves them. And they don't deserve that type of love for treating people that way. But somehow they think they're worth that type of love, and they are. And for sure, you know, your idea of of how much love you're worth or not worth is going to affect how loved you feel. And we're all worthy of being loved. And I'm saying this and I should know this. And I know my parents love me and I know my everyone loves me. But I for me, for me, I, I need to see love as a physical thing in front of me happening. I don't want I don't I don't know. I don't know how how this yeah, this is. I'll put a dot in this for now because I think this is something that I'll be exploring throughout this journey for sure. Uh, so yeah, it felt right to share this uh, uh, ADHD thing when and the pills with you guys because uh, sometimes I felt, you know, I should be sharing this with you guys. Some episodes I recorded while on on it, and I felt like I couldn't talk as well as I usually do. Um, 
yeah, sometimes taking it just affected how I talk or how I respond to social cues. And it does change some chemistry in your brain and you have to, your brain has to adapt again to what's happening. And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's nice to get this off my chest, obviously, but I I shouldn't see everything as a problem, and I shouldn't see that seeing everything as a problem is a problem. <laughs> but then we go into that <laughs> loop again of, of life, how everything goes back full circle when we try to reach certain results or do certain things. Um, we'll always keep trying, and we can't not stop trying. Uh and we just keep trying until things align and we try without trying somehow to be consciously to be unconsciously conscious to be unconsciously conscious <laughs> that's a thought that i went into for a while uh, a few months back the weather is pretty nice and people are out partying everyone's enjoying the summer and i'm just like <laughs> trapped in this bubble that I created for myself but hopefully I'll be out of it soon I, I don't think I'll be out of it soon there's still the financial situation that isn't that beautiful but uh, again I'm not worried I don't know where the narrative is going I don't want to create stories of where my narrative is and where it might go all I know is that I want to find something that I really want to put my energy into but I'm not sure when I'll be able to find that I, I'm putting my energy into things that I do love already podcasts, I don't like the word podcast, I know but that's what I'm calling it for now into Midnight Wisdom, into the courses into the book, into my relationships with a few people and I just want to see myself move more in directions that I like and seeing as I haven't seen that in a while hasn't been concrete and hasn't been something I've been doing it just feels a bit emptier and I want more things to fill me up to consume more to, I don't know maybe not to consume more but to have fuller, fuller days because if I have fuller days I'll do more like I've been thinking about the lifestyle I want to have in the future uh, in 10 to 15 years from now like my own place uh, in Canada for example Toronto my sisters are moving to Canada at some point so it would be nice to be around family and um, I feel like if I was living that lifestyle I would be producing enough to maintain that lifestyle and even more but seeing as I am not living that lifestyle I need to produce and create enough for me to be able to live that lifestyle at some point. I still have to get to that. I still have to achieve that level of complexity to be able to continue to maintain it. I can't just jump there and, and be there and done. So we're still on that path and we're still going. And a part of me wants to sleep and not do anything and a part of me thinks like I'm I'm convincing myself I'm I'm older or that I don't have time for no reason when I do have a lot of time and I do have a lot that I can do. I just need to stop limiting myself with uh, <laughs> with thoughts and narratives that that don't matter. 
I met this guy yesterday at the CrossFit uh, session that uh, was was a DJ back in Brazil and who has like really nice tattoos around his body. He has like this circular tattoo that goes around him from shoulder to shoulder and back. So it's it's like horizontal, a line going across his ribcage from shoulder, then his his back to the other shoulder and coming back. And it's just this ring around his body. And I thought that was a sick tattoo. And we talked on the way home and he was an artist. He was a DJ. He was a marketer. He was he was pretty cool. And he looked like he was 28 and he was so fit in the class. And I asked him, you know, how old are you? And he's like, he's 36. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> uh, I'm, I can be 36 at some point, you know, if I don't die randomly in the next 13 years. And I only really got to figuring myself out the past you know it's been my entire life sure but after i came to germany and and lived my in that you know different different environment environment that was foreign to me and i didn't know and then right now during these last three years where i started creating and you know what what can i do within the next 13 years man if i just stop just being so focused on right now and trying to feel like i am going to miss out on not living my youth but yeah, it's one step at a time. Let's just uh, do what we gotta do. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys like always. I have a vague idea of who the listeners are right now, but I <laughs> but I can't for sure can't for sure tell. Just know that I I appreciate it. If you wanna give me any type of feedback at any point, just do. Uh, you know how to get to me. I'll appreciate anything. Uh, unless you're just listening to blackmail me at some point, then you, you can do that too. Anyways, uh, love all of you, as always. Take care.